Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Jenny, this man deserves an Emmy for this episode. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I'd go that far. Welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer, born on the planet Orc in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. You got it right this time, Jen. I know. (laughs) Do you remember my favorite show was Mork for Mork? Well, Mork and Mindy. No, it wasn't. Oh my god, I loved it! Your favorite show was The Hulk. It was The Hulk. But I also loved Mork and Mindy. That's only because I liked it. Okay. All right. I was discussing on another podcast that I host, Six Degrees of Reality TV. Okay. <laughs> um, that my co-host, Leslie, went to see Guns N' Roses in Atlantic City. Oh, God. What was that like? And we were getting the whole lowdown. And she said, Axel sounded decent. And, like, Slash was great and you know she's giving me the whole scope of it so we were talking about when appetite for destruction came out and i realized i was only like nine or ten yeah yeah we were young and then i'm like why was i like fetishizing these men and then i realized it's because and i said to her i had an older sister (laughs) so there you go i at the wise age of 12 right Mm -hmm. jenny i did want to have a little gen x discussion real quick this morning Timmy and I made a discovery. Okay. We were talking the other night with his brother, our father, and a few other people, and we realized that... That's that's his brother, comma, our father. Yes, right. Yeah. That would be real confusing otherwise. (laughs) Um, Timmy and I are both the youngest siblings in our family. Oh, that's so surprising. And I wonder if... And you and your ex-husband were both the olders. Yep. And in my previous marriage, I had married the oldest, and it was a disaster. Yep. Because he was very scorchy. Mm-hmm. And yes, he, had, he was. I feel like remnants of you. <laughs> okay. So I wonder if there's something to birth order when you oh, marry. Oh, there a hundred percent. A hundred percent, I think. Because mm-hmm. Timmy, even though guys, he's a twin. His mother calls him and has treated him as the youngest oh, because God. he was five minutes go. later. There we mm-hmm. go. Okay. 
Okay. See, already, like, he's carrying the cross. Uh-huh. He was five minutes after his sister, and not only that, he was, like, kind of like the runt of the litter. Like, he was, like, just a little guy. <laughs> like, how awful to be born last and completely babied. What a terrible he, fate. Timmy was not completely babied. <laughs> you know his family. <laughs> All right, fair. He was not completely babied, but he definitely is the youngest sibling. And I just okay. realized, you know, do younger siblings... Guys, come at us in the Mimi Bees, our Facebook group, and let us know if you've married the same birth order as yourself, because I'm wondering if it affects your worldview. You know, Timmy and I have a very similar worldview, we're always on the side of the little guy. We're you're always like, in, like you like hang out in your living room and cry about how prosecuted <laughs> you are every day. Yes, that's how you do. Um, and do you older siblings just sit around and think of ways to fuck with everybody else we and just, destroy their lives? We just run the world and get shit done. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but let me know, guys, if you've married your same birth order. I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I don't know why I didn't realize it before that. To me and I are both. The babies in the family. Oh, I noticed right away. <laughs> I hate you. Um, I have a, a recommendation. Okay. It is a pet Instagram account, The Gruff Bear. That's The Gruff, G-R-U-F-F, Bear. Okay. This is, so I don't know if you remember in the earlier episodes, my fascination with Wally, the Cocker Spaniel. Wally mm-hmm. Bear. Mm-hmm. I've gotten past Wally's passing. Mm-hmm. And now this is Johanna's new dog. Another Cocker Spaniel. Lives do in the you, Catskills. Do you get PTSD from Cocker Spaniels? I don't. No. No. <laughs> no, but he's adorable, and he slowly won me over on Instagram. I have not actually met him in person. Okay. And I don't know how I'll feel about his energy when I meet him in person, to be fair. But very cute to watch him on Instagram. So I, okay. I highly recommend uh, following the Gruff Bear. And you can also follow Lafayette Beetle. I, I assume everyone's following Lafayette Beetle. <laughs> Um, guys, Jenny and I had a Cocker Spaniel growing up. Didn't go good. <laughs> okay. Was not a good experience. Um, do you remember, too, I was terrified of Afghan dogs for a while? Yes, I remember that. One walked down the street and you, like, peed your pants, I think. <laughs> I had a heightened sensitivity about okay. me as a child. Okay. Can we start this? Yes, Jen. We have... Such a fantastic episode. Finally, to share with you guys. finally, oh I was losing faith in Little House, but finally, we have a good episode. And, and I will put a trigger warning up front. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop myself from talking about vaccines and COVID because yeah. it's yep. so <laughs> so like close to this subject. So if you, if that kind of turns you off, if you're like, "Fuck you, dude! I'm anti-vax. COVID's not real. They put microchips in that shit," you might just want to shut this episode well, off. <laughs> I feel like they probably already hate us, if that's the case. That's true. That's true. Okay. So, Jen, we're looking at Little House on the Prairie, Season 5, Episode 23, the poorly named Mortal Mission. The description reads, Determined to make it through the winter season, a pair of men earn money by selling tainted meat to the Walnut Grove community. Several townspeople later become infected with anthrax, including Laura, Albert, Adam, Alice and Nels. The victims are confined to the blind school, and time with time running out to help them, Charles and Jonathan go out to retrieve some medicine. Yes, they do. That is, a, that is like, that Jenny, is, there's a twist the, that I did not expect. Me either. The writer. Who's this writer? So, the, written by John Dugan, directed by Claxton. John Dugan, you're welcome anytime, bud. 
Anytime. Yes. Yep. Because let me tell you something. John Dugan wastes no fucking time. Nope. Within the first two minutes, you know the whole premise. Ominous music. And can we discuss that it's finally winter? It has it's been finally, summer for like three winter. years. There is ominous music that's a little too heavy. Later, I describe it as if somebody when you guys know we all got the Casio keyboards for Christmas one year and you just stuck your fingers down on D and G the real low ones and just uh, that's what somebody's doing for this soundtrack okay all right we open on two men Virgil and Garth examining their flock of sheep they find two of the herd dead with what they think is anthrax they decide to make a calculated decision guys to kill the sheep and sell them off quickly, or else they're going to lose the entire flock. Oh what my god! The fuck, I called Garth? it. I called it a herd, but it's a flock. It's a flock of sheep, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Our wildlife consultant Phil will really come for me if I get flock and herd wrong. Right, so I, I think it's, I think it's a flock. Yes. So Virgil, who I think is the older sibling and is cooking up this evil plan. No, isn't Garth the older sibling? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Garth, Garth is, is the cooking one up cooking the up the plan. plan. Yeah. yeah. Virgil, I'm sorry, the youngest sibling, seems to be the only one with the soul. And he's like, we cannot sell tainted meat to people, dude. Again, Garth is responsible for their survival. Yeah, but he kills people to do it. I mean, okay. this is a really bad decision. I'm not condoning <laughs> this decision. I'm just saying that he's obviously tasked with keeping the two of them alive, even though Virgil's a grown-ass adult. Okay. So they need to find some rubes, Jen. And Johnny Cash told them a couple months ago that there's this town. <laughs> I totally wrote that down. Down the road. <laughs> I'm like, who are they going to sell to? They're like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, the blind school. I'm like, I thought maybe Johnny Cash told them about the suckers in Walnut Grove. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we need some rubes. Let's go to Walnut Grove. Specifically the blind school. And I just have, wow, these are some wow. dick bags. Wow. Like, not only are you going to purposely infect people with anthrax, but you're going to, like, take it to a mine or something. At least kill grown-ass men. Like, they're going to kill blind children. Jesus. Oh, God, this is real bad. This is something you would have chosen. No. No. No, maybe. Caroline and Grace. Grace. Okay, so I realize we have the issue with Grace. It's Alice. Jesus Christ. I call her Grace all the time. You do. It's Alice. (laughs) Okay, I was just going to say, how do we distinguish between Big Grace and Little Grace? But I guess we should just call Big Grace Alice. (laughs) Which is her fucking name. (laughs) Right. All right. Carolyn and Alice are hanging out at the Garvey's, and Garth shows up. Guys, this is all within the first, like, three minutes. Yep. He's offering some mutton roasts, and Caroline and Alice both buy a roast. They each buy one. And Alice says she'll make the roast for them to share tonight since the men are out of town. Again, heavy, heavy music. If I could find this music, I would put it behind this and be clever, but I can't find it. Although my kids could probably produce it if I give them the keyboard. Probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next morning, Carolyn's trying to get the kids up for school, Jen, and Laura and Albert are sick. I have an index card. Thank God. Is it on Anthrax? Yes. All right. I just called it, I like put 90 different titles. Now it just says Anthrax Facts. <laughs> and you know what I was going to do? I was going to make the index card about the band Anthrax. <laughs> Timmy said to me, you should put some music of Anthrax in that one. I'm like, like this? Oh, no, not really. We don't need it. There. You can put some there. Okay. Anthrax- you want to get me sued. 
anthrax? Yeah, because you said you'd take on the liability of all the music. Of that sweet, sweet anthrax. Since you're the editor. <laughs> anthrax is a serious infectious disease caused by a bacteria. Anthrax can be found naturally in soil and commonly affects domestic and wild animals around the world. Although it is rare in the U.S., people can get sick if they come in contact with infectious animals or animal products. So not only the slaughtered animal, but like milk from the animal, things like that. Oh, yeah. Anthrax spores in the body can become quote-unquote activated and spread out and basically poison the body. So you can have the bacteria present and it doesn't activate. So I think that's why some of them are getting sick and okay. the rest aren't. Okay. Or yeah, yeah. they slaughtered that whole flock. They slaughtered that whole flock. Maybe some of them didn't have it yet. So like that's why they it's like... They didn't slaughter the whole flock. They slaughtered a bunch of them. They slaughtered those two sheep. That fed all of Walnut Grove? Yes. Okay. So they have um, inhalation anthrax. The symptoms are fever, chills, shortness of breath, confusion, or dizziness, which Laura demonstrated in spectacular fashion. Hey, Cough, lay off. nausea, vomiting, body aches. Now we treat this with antibiotics. Easy to get rid of. There's also a vaccine. But without antibiotics, which would have been this time, the mortality rate without antibiotics was 80% or higher for inhalation wow. anthrax. So this is not really accurate. Like, more no. people probably would have died. Yeah. yeah. This would have been the opportunity to do some Game of Thrones shit and just, like, knock Laura off. Or Nels. Yeah. You know, main character. Right off. Yep. Hmm. So is that it? That's it. That's I felt like you should have had more there. but Okay. Right. So there is a vaccine. Yes. Okay. Thank God. Yeah. Jenny, who, who was mailing anthrax around a couple years ago? to the news and stuff. Oh, I mean, now it's used there. Now the biggest use for it or the most we often we see it is when it's used as a biological weapon. Mhm. Mhm. And like remember they were putting it they were mailing it to the Senate. Oh, yeah, some they were mailing somewhere. it. They mailed it to the New York Times. Yep. I think they sent it to Hillary CNN. Clinton. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was around 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. All right, Jen. So Laura and Albert are really sick. And I just wrote Charles better get back to town and kick somebody's fucking ass here because this these men are destroying his family. They, I mean, Albert and Laura are legit a mess. They're a mess. Yeah. So Carolyn, in what could only be described as sheer desperation, <laughs> puts Carrie in charge and goes to get Doc Baker. I mean, Desperate moves all around. I mean, this is this is ready setting her up for failure. <laughs> Because not only is she putting Carrie in charge, but she's getting Doc Baker. So, like, there's no good decisions yeah, being there's made no good, there's no good options. Mm -mm. In Mankato, Charles and Jonathan are heading home. And I don't know what's going on if Charles is in a reverse time machine, but he is looking good. They offer to buy them a drink. How many drinks does Charles get offered and he refused? I feel like there's a heavy teetotaling, like, theme through this. <laughs> Every time he gets offered a drink, he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, remember in the last one, I think it was, he got it's offered always, a drink. It's always. Yes. It's always. Yes. And not to mention, Carolyn is probably trying desperately to get him yeah, drunk. I'm sure. Because she wants to take him to a hotel and have crazy hotel drunk sex. Okay. But that's not happening. Okay. So now we see Adam dying in bed, and the ominous music is back. Jen, it's the venture music. Did it, did it, did it, that one? No, that's the underworld Mario no, music. it's when the ghost appears in Venture. Oh, God. Guys, I, I do have some... Did it, did it. 
I do have some legit trauma around that. You do. You really do. I really do. It used to terrify me. I have a big question, though, because Doc Baker's here taking care of Adam. I have a mm-hmm. big question. He doesn't know what this is at this point, so he doesn't no. know that it's not contagious. No. So, like, why is he letting all these people around? Oh, it gets better. Like, Hold they on. don't know that this is not contagious. Gets better. Doc Baker's examining Adam, has no idea what's wrong, as most of us can guess. He says most of the town is sick with some massive infection, and Mary and Hester Sue seem to be okay. Doc says we need to turn the blind school into a hospital. And then, Jenny, in the most doctory thing I've ever seen him do in, in the entire series, he actually takes a blood sample. I know. I was I like, love how he acts like he knows what he's looking at. Right, and he's going to put it under a telescope. Like, what a is microscope. He going to he's going to put it under or a, a microscope. microscope. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What is he going to look at? Like, what is he going to report here? I guess he's going to see the bacteria in the blood. So he does know something? I guess so. I guess he knows one thing, thank God. <laughs> I mean, in a situation where Doc Baker knows one thing, like, ten people still died. <laughs> FYI. So since Adam is clinging to life, Jen, Mary suggests moving some of the sick kids in Adam's room. Yeah. How would you feel if I did that to you? Like I would you're really murder sick. You. I would murder on you. On your deathbed, and I'm like, get those sick kids in here. Let's pile them up. <laughs> All right. Then Carolyn, I, I tried not to laugh, but the optics of this were very funny. Carolyn runs in the door downstairs, and she's carrying an unconscious kid. That she found on the side of the road. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, like the scene in Walnut Grove is not good right now. It's not good, guys. Not good. Like, you just ride around the town. People are laying on the side of the road. So, Doc Baker tells Esther Sue, get all the blankets you have. We will not have enough beds. This is, you know, a dire situation. And Carolyn heads home to get Laura and Albert and Alice. Yep. How the fuck is she going to get all these people in that wagon? I don't know. It's a wagon. He's throwing right. in the back. Meanwhile, my man gets home and finds a note from Carolyn. The family, now he's with Jonathan, he's reading this note. The family's at the blind school. Doc Baker has turned it into a hospital. Jonathan Garvey's like, what is it? And Charles says, anthrax. So we know now it's anthrax. This and they, is the they're shook because they know anthrax is deadly. And Jenny, I can't be sure, but I think there was a PS on the bottom that said, please come shirtless, leave on the suspenders. <laughs> I think, I think. Can't be certain. All right, now the music is back, and some dude brings in another unconscious kid. And he says his wife has already died. I don't know what to name this guy, but he's a recurring character. Do you have a name for him? Yeah, I do. Hold on. Is it Baxter, Beanie? Mr. Berwick. Berwick. Berwick? Berwick. Okay. Hester Sue says they're getting kind of full, and Doc says the incubation period is anywhere from 12 hours to 12 days. He's totally making that That's fucking helpful. Um, I just, I want to go through the death watch. So we're on death watch currently. Wait, hold on, hold on. So this, Hester Sue says, so this means any of us can still come down with it. And he's like, yes. Okay, go ahead, death watch. So on death watch right now is Albert, Adam, Laura, Alice, Nellie and Willie I saw there. Yep. We'll add some more people coming up, but that's our current death watch. And and a bunch of nameless people we don't know. Who are all going to die. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They're the red shirts. (laughs) They're the red shirts. Charles and Jonathan arrive at the blind school. Did you get this? Like, he runs in in that hug with Carolyn. Did you get this? He saw sick Laura, and he was shook. 
You could see it on his face. Yeah, but he runs over to fucking Albert first. I know, but when he saw Laura, he was shook. Yeah, he was. So, um, I wrote, Grace is there really sick, but really it's Alice. So, Alice is there really (gasps) Jenny, I have to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Oh, can't wait. I belong to a lot of little house groups. I'm shocked. Somebody was talking about season six when Ride or Die comes back. Mm -mm. Okay. And they said there are different actors and actors playing Carl's Jr. No. And Grace. Really? Guys, is this true? I don't think that's true. Maybe Carl's Jr. Definitely not Grace, though, I don't think. If I don't get my Carl's Jr., I'm going to be real (sighs) upset. So, Charles goes over to Albert. It's ridiculous. I don't even want to talk about it. Nels arrives at the blind school. (laughs) Poor Nels. He's a mess. (laughs) With all the tonics and potion he had. I don't know. Doc Baker calls it something else. Tonics, elixirs. I don't know. It's medicine. It's medicine. But Nels himself is sick, and again, we have the Casio keyboard stuck on a low D. Well, and he's struggling to carry this heavy box in. It's winter. I'm like, don't drop that shit, Nels. Don't drop that shit. (laughs) Jen, Nels comes in, crashes through a door, and they put him in with the sick, and Harriet actually seems to give a shit. Nels has been added to the death watch. And Harriet cares about it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Doc is looking through the microscope and tells Charles and Jonathan... All the blood samples are similar, and it is anthrax. And he even has done a survey and has <laughs> done data analysis to determine the source. <laughs> like, um, like who is this guy? Did he, is this Doc Bricker? Like, did Doc Bricker <laughs> travel back in time? No, if this was Doc Bricker, he would just be touching people and they'd be getting up and walking out of the hospital. That's true, and they'd all be drunk. So he says they all ate the mutton that Garth and Virgil Fenton sold them, and you could just see... Charles growing Uh. rage. So Doc tells them one thing is certain. The rest of that flock needs to be destroyed and burned to prevent further spread. Charles and Jonathan are on it. And Doc tells them, but you cannot touch the animals with their bare hands. Get a hazmat suit. Mm -hmm. So Jonathan and Charles head over to the Fenton farm to kick some sheep. (laughs) (laughs) To murder sheep. To mass murder sheep. They have their hats tied on. Did you notice? (laughs) The whole time. Yeah, it's super weird. Mm-hmm. And why do they have their hats tied on, Jen? Because it's super windy and it's winter. Right. Not a good time to start a fire in a super windy condition. Don't no. you know anything about brush fires, guys? Okay. So uh, they find the brothers, Virgil and Garth, passed out. But instead of getting them to medical help right away, they're like, we're just going to eh. let them lie there. And go yeah. shoot and burn the sheep. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, they don't even... But I think they know they did this at this point on purpose. And they're kind of like, yeah, they can wait. This is dark. It was harsh. It was very harsh. Okay, so now Virgil and Garth are in the hospital sick, and they're able to, like, look around them and see the mess that they made. They're on death watch. We add Garth and Virgil to the death and watch. I did, I did kind of say, this is must. this must be what it feels like to be unvaccinated going to the hospital for COVID treatment. <laughs> You're like looking around like Berwick Uh, attacks them Berwick attacks them Yes Because don't forget guys They killed his wife Yeah And now his kid is like clinging to life Yep Yeah I don't blame him I'd attack them So they see Hester Sue and Doc Baker Trying to treat these guys And he's like no fuck you No It's not (laughs) happening So the next day or a day Doc calls Charles and fake ride or die over They have like a little conference I need your help He's like, listen, we need supplies and we need wine. 
Yes. He's real adamant about the wine. He's like, we need, we need wine. We now, definitely need wine. Do we understand why he needs wine? Is there quinine? No, quinine is in tonic water. I have no idea. I guess just to, like, get them drunk and feel better. I doubt it. I think there's got to be something. No, there's, he explained it. the body or something. He explained I don't know. it. I don't know. But this this reminds me of when I was trying to get my doctor to recommend wine. Because she's like, you know, maybe stop drinking beer. Because I had, like, an indicator that was up. And, and I'm like, well, I did switch to beer over the quarantine Guys, thing. Guys, Jenny's, Jenny's obsessed with her indicators. Thinking that, like, she yeah, studies her blood data. work. And if one thing is up one point, she, like, calls me freaking out and i'm like uh i did switch beer over the cor- over the pandemic because i thought that was like less alcohol and like better to drink and like she's like no 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 carby 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 i'm like so would you recommend wine or i'm like would you recommend like cocktails and she's like i don't recommend any any alcohol and i'm like but if you had to recommend one would you recommend wine she's like i don't want to use the word recommend <laughs> <laughs> trying to pin her down <laughs> All right, so Doc is going to wire a hospital in Rochester to send the supplies and the wine, let's not forget that, to Springfield, and Charles and Jonathan can meet the train there. Okay. In Adam's hell room, Adam is refusing to eat. There's a bunch of groaning, rolling around kids in Adam's room, This is the worst acting. Adam's a terrible actor. He is a terrible actor. Dude, Boomer, what's his name? Something Boomer. His last name is Boomer. <laughs> I forget his last name. <laughs> boomer, dude. I know that you wrote Malcolm in the Middle and it's brilliant. Stick to writing. Stick to yeah. the writing. Yep. Boomer, Boomer, Lin, Boomer. Lin, well, Lin, no. Linwood Boomer. Linwood Boomer. Thank you. Okay. I almost said Boomer Sison from Cincinnati Bengals football team in 1980. Wow. Something. Okay. Wow. So, Adam's refusing to eat. Mary's breaking down. And Hester Sujan... Tells her to pray because it's the best and only medicine That's all they, have left. All they have. have left. They're all out of medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, Adam, <laughs> Adam, there's a bunch of kids there, like, hanging on, like, powering through. And he's just like, I basically give up on life. <laughs> I'm not going to eat anymore. That's it. I'm done. So now, suddenly, a kid in the room cries out he can't breathe. And the music really amps up. It's like, dun, dun, dun. Oh it's crazy. Then the kid dies. <laughs> Can we reenact? Wow, I, I really gave you no transition between them. <laughs> no. There's no CPR at this time, also. Okay, no. I have a note here. Doc Baker runs in, doesn't even attempt to revive the kid, who died literally seconds earlier. When was CPR invented or discovered? Much later than this. No, that's not true. It was in the early 1900s, I thought. I did some preliminary research. Okay, what's your index Hold, card? please. So there was, yikes, some of these pictures. No, there's, this was the one I looked up where there's the Bellows Method and stuff. The Bellows Method. Okay, so there's the Bellows Method. We're back. There's the Bellows Method from 1530 to 1800. So people know the idea of putting air in the lungs helps. Yeah. At this point. 1800s, the Hall and Silver, Sylvester Methods become the most commonly used forms of artificial respiration. Um, London physician Marshall Hall introduces his simple resuscitation technique, alternately repositioning the patient from face to side, face to side, face to side. There's not good methods at this point. There's not good methods, but 
I mean, come he on. He doesn't even try. He doesn't even try. Yeah. You're right. It really became popular in the 19th or the 20th century. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought I could throw him under the bus here. But um, he doesn't I, try anything. He tries nothing, yeah. guys. I'm going to let the Mimi Beast be the judge and jury on this. I have the video. I'm going to put it in the Facebook group. I'm also going to put it on our Instagram feed, Gen X is why. Be the judge. Does he do anything? Should he do something besides just rip the kid's shirt open and see if his heart is still beating? Okay, so can we reenact the scene that happens next? Oh, sure. So you're, you're going to be Mary. <laughs> you're going to say, how many more are going to die, Doc? Okay, all right. Go ahead. <clears throat> Mary. How many more are going to die, Doc? I don't know, Mary. I don't know. I literally don't know. <laughs> well, I'm surprised you don't know. I literally have Doc. no idea. I literally can't stop anyone from dying. <laughs> Doc, don't you think you should try to get some air into his lungs? <laughs> Does the lungs produce air? <laughs> okay, all right. So now we see Jonathan and Charles arriving in Springfield, and there's no freight there. And the, this is what I call this guy, because I forgot, I forgot it would be, like, the conductor, maybe. But I called him the train station master director conductor. Okay. Tells them what that the train is late, and they have no clue when it'll be there because no telegraph is working because of blizzard. Because of fucking blizzard. This is 2021. Like, there's mm-hmm. all this shit, and then another hurricane, another hurricane, mm-hmm. another hurricane. Mm-hmm. I was listening to something last night. Where'd the murder hornets go? What happened with that? Where are they now? Uh, Well, I I don't know. I expect someone to be tracking them, so I know where they are at. I feel like every year we hear about, like, angry bees. I got in my car yesterday. Windows were up the entire time. I got in my car. There were two bees in there. Wow. You probably freaked the fuck out. I freaked the fuck out. Actually, (laughs) I was pretty calm. I just rolled the window down, and they flew out. When I was in Massachusetts, we were walking down the street, and there was these girls. They were, like, in their early 20s, probably. All the doors open on the car, and they're, like, screaming, and they're, like, like waving things at the car because there was a bee in it. I always thought, I'll come back. My next, the thing I'm going to come back as is a bee. Mm. I love, I can see that, Jenny. I love seeing people scared of things. Like but, irrational things. But I don't a bee like to is see, this big. Like a bee right, is this big. I don't big. like to see people in real fear. Don't get me right. wrong. In fact, there's this trend on TikTok where parents hold their babies and they look at the camera and they sing something and then the face morphs oh, into yes. a horse face. Yeah. And the baby is screaming, crying. I don't like that because the baby's fear is real. Yes. And I don't like right. it. That's trauma. But okay. The, um, when I was out at Rockaway, like there's this like bee, you know, like how big is a bee? This big? Flying around? And, like, yeah. just terrorizing, like, dozens of people, like, freaking out, screaming. It's just flying around. It's, like, landing in people's wine and shit. No, it'd be interesting to, like, line up an army and then release some bees and see how they react. I know, right? But I, Like, would, would an army be afraid of a well, bee? Well, then I have friends that are like, well, the bees are a tough life because, like, you're a worker. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to start a union, like, the union of, <laughs> the union of federated worker bees or whatever. Whatever. Or I could just be the queen bee. But that the queen bee doesn't come out and terrorize people. So if you come back as a bee, I'm going to come around with my bee spray and take you down <laughs> in two seconds. Okay. 
All right, so back at the blind school, Harriet freaks out when she thinks Nels is dead, and she tells him how much she loves him. I know, wow. And she said, I don't know how you put up with me sometimes, Nels Olsen. He says, I don't put up with you, Harriet. I love you. Yeah, it was like a touching moment with the Olsons, which we never Again, seen. this writer, yeah. he's at, he can actually pass an eighth grade creative writing class. <laughs> All right, so Laura's finally getting some airtime. And Carolyn's tending to her. Laura's, like, freaking out, saying she can't see anybody. Like, real reminiscent of Mary losing her sight here. Laura's and exhibiting the symptom of confusion. Laura starts coughing in Carolyn's face. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. All right, so the train arrives, and the supplies and the wine are on there. On their way home. Okay, now, just when you think this episode could not get any better, because it's already great... We have Charles and Jonathan driving through a little town, some dude waving a rifle at them and being like, I need a ride. I need a ride. My family is hungry. I need a ride. So Charles and Jonathan pick up this hungry hitchhiker and they're like, here, why don't you take some food that we have and we'll give you a ride to the nearest town. Then in a Jenny move, this is a Jenny move. Oh my God. This is something Jenny would pull. No. This guy morphs from hungry hitchhiker to armed robber. And he whips out his gun, points it right at them, and is like, you know what? I want all of your stuff. And Charles is really confused, and he's like, what's going on? And the dude literally tells them, I'm taking advantage of your generosity. <laughs> they're, they don't even understand that they're being held up. Right. And I, I that escalated quickly. Like, I don't know what to say. So, dude's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Now... These two could have taken this guy There's down. There's no question. He's holding a rifle, so all they have to do is get close. All they have to do is get close. And there's two of them. Keep in mind, guys, there are high stakes for Charles and Jonathan to get that yes. medicine back to town. Yes. So, I was talking to Timmy, and I said, here's what I would do. Oh, here we go. I had to con- I had to confer with Timmy about my gun facts, because I'm never right. Timmy says, that's a shotgun. You shoot one shell, and you have to yep. reload, right? So one of them can sacrifice themselves. Charles, get in there and grab the gun. If he gets a shot off on you, at least Jonathan is still alive and can be yeah. can pulverize. He can't shoot him. both of them with one at once, right? He can't shoot both of them. That's yeah. my point. And Jonathan is a big fucking dude. You yeah, mean to tell me he couldn't take this guy down? Okay. So dude rides off in the wagon. Well, oh, I, wait, wait, wait. Just, Charles tries to punch him. This was the dumbest move. They could have totally like. And then Jonathan doesn't take advantage of that moment. No. No. Mm-mm. So Charles tries to punch him. Dude hits him with the rifle in the face. Jo- Charles the flies move. down a hill. <laughs> he rolls down a hill. Uh, he rides off in the wagon full of medical supplies. And I just wrote, this is what I need to see. Drama. Shenanigans. Well, robbing. I love it. And I just have, now the wagon is stolen. Are you shitting me? Great. <laughs> 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 is Really? Back at the blind school, the dude who lost his wife, so Mr. Berwick, we know, mm-hmm. runs into Baker and he's like, my kid is blue. Mm, I'm mm, not Doc Baker, not but good. even I know that's not good. So he's dead. Dude runs over to choke out the Fenton brothers, but they're already dead. So, so this, now he's choking out dead people. So Berwick is choking a corpse. I'm like, this got dark real quick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So, Jen, I also did say, like, Imagine how this place smells. Because uh, uh, nobody's going to the bathroom. 
Nobody's going. Oh, Nobody's getting up and going to the restroom. Pants. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. Really? They're clinging to life. So bedpans? I guess. Jonathan and Charles make it to their feet and they're pissed. At can the blind I, school. Go ahead. Can I just say that all the coughing was triggering me at the blind school? Yeah, it was pretty bad. At the blind school, shit is dire. Jenny, watching this post-COVID, all the coughing was freaking me out. That's what I mean. Yeah. What do you think I'm talking about when I say it's triggered me? I thought it was annoying you because well, you hate sound. Of course it does, but okay. like it's like dramatic now. <laughs> okay. They're out of medicine. Like, it's done. And Charles and Jonathan are already day overdue. So now we cut to Jonathan and Charles, who miraculously have found the robber's house. Well, I mean, he probably lives not far from there. Like, they're walking in blizzards. come on. Come on. Okay. That dude was on wagon. Okay. All right. That doesn't mean he was far away from his house because he was on foot to start with. I know. They're creeping around the property when the dude sneaks up on them. A wasted opportunity. Pulls out a gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Idiots. He brings them inside and makes his wife tie them up. Now, I'm trying to think, like, what would I do if Timmy came in? He had two guys <laughs> at gunpoint. And he's like, tie these fuckers up. I'd be like, no, what's going <laughs> no. on? No. Go to your room, Timmy. Oh, God. <laughs> so you can see that. So the kid is freaking. The wife is freaking out. And then they have a kid. And the kid is upstairs and the kid is sick. And you could see the wheels turning in Charles' mind. Well, I thought that the guy knew they had medicine. I don't know how he'd know that. Or thought they might have medicine. And, like, that's why he robbed them, because the the kid was sick. But that's not what happened. They needed the horses. We know what happened to the horses. What? They're in a stew, right? Or at least one of them is. No, I thought the horses were outside. Well, then what's she cooking? They have food. Oh, the food that he stole from them, probably. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, that's dark, Jenny, to think he got home, butchered a horse, and put it in the stew. Wow. Okay. So, back at Typhoid Mary's place, things are looking grim for Half Pint. Hester Sue stands out on the porch and prays for Charles. Can we discuss how believable Laura's sickness and illness was compared to Adam's? Yeah, Laura can act circles around the yes. boomer. Come on. Yep. Back at Murder Cabin, the dude is really sick coincidentally he is anthrax yeah you're right those two sheep were really far no it wasn't coincidental because his horses had he said the reason they ate their horses because he's like did you he said charles said something about the horse he's like oh i didn't have to kill them they were already dead oh missed that part yeah okay all right so charles offers to give the boy medicine if they let him go and I wrote, dry drunk dad is not having it. That dad is a dry drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's, he's like, like no. you'll call the law on me. I'm not stupid. Then. Then. Now, we already had the transition from hungry hitchhiker to armed robber. Now the wife grabs the fucking shotgun. <laughs> and she's pointing at her husband. This is amazing episode. Can we discuss- Kudos to you, writer. Kudos. Can we discuss that she is Mother Debbie Dunn? She is Mother Debbie Dunn. <laughs> she really is. Jenny, this man deserves an Emmy for this episode. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I'd go that far. And I wrote, I love this episode. Imagine you're sick, and your mother is literally holding your father at gunpoint, making him free the hostages he took, <laughs> and robbed of their medical supplies for a blind school full of dying people who ate taint and mutton and got anthrax. Yes! <laughs> this shit's yes. a mess. This shit is a mess. This is Little House on the Prairie at its finest. Yeah, totally. So cut to the blind school, okay? 
They're carrying out the other Fenton brother Shit on the stretcher. Shit is getting bleak at the bottom mm-hmm. school. Doc says he's not a doctor anymore. He's a funeral director. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, I didn't see one funeral, so is he also a bad funeral director? <laughs> I saw dead bodies getting carried out and presumably getting buried, but I didn't he's see any funerals. Just, he must just be throwing them in the field. Like, is a... Doc Baker, a funeral director does more than just say, this guy's dead, take him outside. Yeah. That's not funeral directing. I didn't see them picking out those little prayer cards. No, I didn't see that either. So suddenly, Hester Sue runs in screaming, they're They're back! back! And Charles and Carolyn, or Charles comes in and again, Carolyn hangs on to him for like a good two or three minutes. Well, and he goes, the children? Yeah, and she's like, they're alive. They're alive. She says, for now. Alive. Like, just check the, like, alive. Mm Mm-hmm. Status of my you, children. Mm-hmm. Is that how you operate every day? You're like, hey, Timmy, children are children? alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now we see a few days later, and everyone's looking so much better. Yes. The ominous music has stopped. People are sitting upright. Doc comes down the staircase, and he collapses at the bottom, and he's telling Hester Sue, I'm so tired. I'm so, so tired. He's Mother Debbie Doc. Willie was drinking like a boss because he talks about the sherry that he wants to have. Oh, yeah, of course. So, Doc Baker starts crying, and Hester Sue takes us out with a beautiful hymn. First of all, Doc has saved some people. Yes. Not everyone has died. Right. And he's like, it's over. And, and I forgot about the Hester Sue, like, singing us off an episode. That happens a lot. I really yep. like that. She's yep. great. Jenny, better titles for this episode. It's called Mortal Mission. Better titles. Money for Mutton and Your Chicks for Free. Oh. Something for Mutton. For the love of Mutton, <laughs> Mutton really matters. Okay. okay. I, okay. I like the continuity, too, in that Charles has a shiner. Yes. That was good, right? Yes. And, Do you and think that, this... that brought ahead. me to what is the Little House on the Prairie shiner count? Oh, yeah. It's high, right? It's high. Jenny... Do you think this writer just got so good he outgrew this immediately yes. and went on to write, like, Titanic? Well, and then um, Berwick, did you see that Berwick when Esther Sue's singing? They, like, zoom in on Berwick's face, and he's got this, like, like he's in a Herzog film. Like, he's, he's got this, like, <laughs> like, deranged look on his face. It's so funny how low the bar is for us to think a writer is decent. Yeah. Like, oh, somebody got punched in the face and has a shiner and in one And still scene, has a shiner, yeah. Still has it in the next. Yep. Done. All right, Jenny, whose fault is this? I mean, this is clearly, squarely Garth's fault. A hundred percent Garth's fault. I can't Garth even blame Benton. Baker for this. I can't even, like, Baker was handed this disaster. I can't even blame Baker for it. I want to blame Baker. I want to, too, but I, I it's Garth's fault. I can't do it. Yeah. It's Garth's fault, yeah. Um... I don't know. Maybe we could say Virgil should have stood up to him more firmly. One in doubt. Punch him in the face. Yeah, like ride or die. Punch Charles when he was putting people in danger. Yep. Do you know I still watch that clip once in a while? It's so great. He had tunnel vision. All right. um, So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look through and think about a theme or a lesson or something we took from the rewatch or the original. Think about how it may have manifested itself in our lives or in our generation a lesson we took from it. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So my why, I don't really remember this. I mean, I kind of sort of do, but not really. So my why is like looking at it now. This is why I'm so, 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 so grateful for government regulation like the FDA 
<laughs> and why we need it. I was going to say that exact thing. Um, the F- Guys, the FDA doesn't always get everything right. No, they don't, but they this don't. shit doesn't happen. But this shit doesn't happen. And let me tell you, 100% it would happen yeah, 100%, if the FDA went away. 100%. 100%. Think how, think how much people steal your passwords and shit. Think of how think about how many Garth and, and Virgils you know in your life. Like people who would totally, totally. sell you tainted meat just to make some money. Yep. Come on. It would happen. All right. I have. This is why everyone needs to watch this episode. This is a perfect example of what's happening in the world today. Not everyone got sick, but many did. And the whole community did everything they could to make sure everybody recovered. No one was fighting. No one pointed fingers or rejected what Doc told them to do. They just did exactly what he said to do. They listened to his, quote, science, end quote. And they got through it. And this is what we need to do. Care for one another again like a community. I agree. And if they hadn't listened to Doc... I mean, I can't believe I'm condoning listening to Doc. But if they had, <laughs> but he's the best thing they have. He's at the this best point. thing they have, and like he's using the best information he has at the time. There's no antibiotics yes. at this time. He's yes. doing the best thing he could do at this time. Right. And if he hadn't done that, if they didn't have this, like medicine he cobbled together or whatever, they all would have probably died, or most of them would have died. Yeah. But when I saw this episode, I was just like, I don't know. Like it just touched something in me. I'm like. Why can't we just act like this now? Like, why can't we just care for our neighbors? And we've I done go it before. This, we've done I it go before. through this when I'm, like, you know, fighting the fight about gun violence in schools. It's like I spend 90% of the, my time trying to make people give a shit that kids are being killed in schools. Yeah. Wow. Like, how are we here? Let's come together and figure it out. That's my rant. Okay. And I'm sticking to it. All right, Jenny, what's coming up next? Oh, shit, I don't know. What can I rant about next? Uh, Guys, I'm beginning to think it's episodes with the double consonant because Bully Boys was my favorite, now Mortal Mission. Close well, what second. what about Fred? What about Fred? Didn't have no, double. No, no. Um, oh, it's the finale. Ooh. So, season five, episode 24, Odyssey. So, Charles throws a tantrum about what? A 12-year-old boy named Dylan has leukemia and has only been given a few weeks to live. Jesus. His only dream is to see the Pacific Ocean. And when Ooh. his overprotective mother is too afraid to take him, Laura and Albert decide to help get him there. <gasps> oh, boy. I love this. I oh. love it. Guys, it was my dream for so many years to see the Pacific Ocean. Yes. Yay. I like that. I saw it when I was 39. Wow. It took a while. All right. Um... So, guys, thanks for listening. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I actually, like, could not wait to talk to you about this. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was so fantastic. Remember we used to play when we were little, the mugger mugs the mugger? <laughs> this so is meta. what it reminded me of. When people keep <laughs> so, turning guns on each other. <laughs> so meta. <laughs> I don't really remember that. Okay. All right, guys, if you want to support us, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon feed. Um, it's in the show notes. It just oh, helps that's, us keep that's the lights one up. exciting thing. We did finally reach 50 oh, people yeah, we on gave Patreon. Away the book. We gave away the book to, to Tara, Tara. Mm-hmm. who is one of our patrons. It only took she, what? She was super excited. 10 months? Yeah, she was super excited. Yeah, she was. 
So um, join our Patreon if you want to hear more. We we want to keep building out the Patreon, and that's our goal. Like, if we reach 100, we're going to start adding more stuff in. Yep. Like, we really want to build that up and be able to eventually get to, like, doing one episode a week. But that's going to take Patreon, us a while. In addition to this. Yes. So if you can't... It's our plan. So if you can't join Patreon, that's fine too. Leave us a review. You know, just leave a review. If you don't know what to say, you can always say little sisters are better. We all know it. It's true. Okay. We're the empaths of the family. We're the soul, the heart and soul of the family. All right. Right, Jane? I thought that, yeah, all right. I I'm just that trying to set her dog. off and she is not reacting. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.